of the preach halfway through the meeting. Um, I really want to pray uh, that we would be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Um, that would be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit um, this morning. So if you feel comfortable too, why don't you just raise your hands where we are, where you are. Lord, as we're looking and have looked at the whole subject of uh, living the gospel and being salt and light, uh, actually the things we've been looking at are far beyond our ability to do. (laughs) It's like asking a cow to fly. You know, even the best efforts of the cow might run off the edge of a cliff, he's still not going to fly. He's just going to fall. But, but with you, Holy Spirit, and your empowering, Lord God, we can live the gospel, Lord, and we are salt and light. And I ask you right now, Holy Spirit, would you fill each and every one of us that knows you again with your spirit? I pray, Lord God, that we would be full of you that we would be filled to overflowing. I pray, Lord God, that we would be so full of you that it overflows, not just in this place as we're talking together, but, but in our everyday lives, in our workplaces, in our family, uh, as we're at different clubs that we do, in different environments, as we're on holiday. We say, Holy Spirit, Lord, would you fill us and fill us again and fill us again because we are thirsty for more of you and we love you so much. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you come? I pray, even as I'm speaking today, Holy Spirit, would you be working in our hearts? Would you highlight one, two things just from what I'm saying today? Would you remind us of things that have been said over the course of the last two months? And I pray, Lord, that they would live with us afresh. Oh, Lord God, would you come and do that, I pray. Come and work in our hearts, I pray, in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Why don't we grab a seat? Brilliant. My name is Paul, I'm one of the pastors here at King's, as I said, my privilege to uh, be leading the team and speaking uh, today. Um, what, what we just did where we stood up, that's sort of like a little bit of a taster for my thoughts for the morning. So at various points during the morning, I may ask you to uh, stand, is that alright? You're up for sort of uh, that, so just a warning, if you like to sleep during my preaches, and I know there's a number of you that do... Um, don't be left as the only one that's sitting. At least ask your neighbour to give you a nudge so they can wake you up before a relevant um, point in time. Um, as I said, we're finishing off Living the, uh, living the Gospel, um, being sort of like preach series today. And uh, the whole intention of the last couple of months has been to provide um, a practical teaching to help us be more effective when it comes to sharing our faith and talking about Jesus. We've wanted to both provoke and equip over the last couple of months as we look to share God's love um, and who we are, through who we are, what we say and uh, what we do. Uh, I thought Sarah's video was so provoking, but we've heard from people like Val. I loved hearing from Val Bailey um, as she was sat on the bus. Anyone else sort of just really enjoy hearing um, from her and Rochelle and Alfie and others as well? And it's just been so good to hear people's stories. Today's an opportunity. We're going to basically what we're going to do today is a recap. I've been told by teachers this is always a good thing to do. So I've I've got sort of seven highlights from the last two months. 
Um, they're not necessarily the best things that were said, but just some of the things that God reminded me of um, through the last couple of weeks, and I just want to recap them for us. Um, and I want us to use this preach as an opportunity to think, right, how have I progressed when it comes to sharing my faith? Have I taken just one or two steps forward in this area? It's not a big pressure thing. It's not about changing who we are. It's, it's, it's just about taking a few steps forward um, with God in this way. So how, how are you going to do that? So um, let's pick this up. So the first one, the first one, and in some ways this is really just very, very foundational, is the whole subject of gospel um, salvation. This is the foundation of the rest of the preach. You know, the, the whole series is talking about what we're doing, how we live, what we say, but if we aren't careful, we can think that it's all about what we do and forget the fact, actually, that we're just building a little bit on the top of what God has already done. The fact that I know Jesus is because God chose me before the foundation of the world. He picked me out, and it's the same for every single one of you. I know we often refer to it, and we often sing about it, but, but when you pause and think about it for a moment, it is absolutely remarkable. Angie. God picked you out before the foundation of the world that you would be his. And he delighted, he absolutely delighted to do so. And that is the course, that, that is the truth for every single one of us. That, that's the foundation of it. It says in John chapter um, 15 verse 16, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, you did not choose me, instead I chose you. There was a moment where you responded to his grace, but he chose you. You know that, that illustration people often use, no one wants to be the last to be put for the fo football team? You know, that, that one where in school you're, you're, you're the last one stood there and you're desperately hoping that you, you don't mind if you're second to last, you just don't want to be last. God chose you. He picked you out. You were not a last-minute decision. You weren't a last-minute thought. He chose you, and he cho chose you and appointed you to be fruitful, to be effective, to be productive. We all want our lives to make a difference. We all want to feel that what we're doing is bringing change. You have been designed, you have been appointed in your new God-given DNA. You are fruitful. That's how God has designed for you to be. You did not choose God, but he chose you and appointed you to bear fruit, and fruit that will last. He hasn't appointed you for fame. He hasn't appointed you for fortune. He hasn't appointed you for perfect health. He has appointed you for fruitfulness as you walk on in your life with God. This is God's work, but he loves to partner with us. And ultimately we're saved because he chose us, and in that we glorify him. Our part is that we step out in boldness. It's a little bit like, um, and I don't know if this illustration will work, but it made a bit of sense to me um, as I was prepping, um, but that doesn't say for definite it's going to make sense to anyone else here. Um, about 20 years ago, um, I bought my first house. It was down 37 Magpie Close, um, and it was £46,000, which in modern house prices 
is, is really, you know, quite a good deal now, but you don't get them like, you don't get them like you used to, you know. But as someone in their mid-twenties, it was far outside of my price bracket. I couldn't afford it. I didn't have 46,000 pounds. But I just scraped together the deposit. I just scraped together the 2,000 pounds. And then the mortgage company, I think it was Abbey National at the time, they stumped up the other 95% that was needed. If I turned up even with my deposit, it would not have been enough to get the job done. But I turn up with what I bring, and then Abbey National turns up with what they've got, and suddenly I've seen something happen that I could never have seen on my own. In some ways, when it comes to kingdom expansion, that's exactly what it's like. I turn up with my 5%. I turn up with the little that I have got. God turns up with power. God turns up with a gospel that is life-transforming. God turns up in ways and he brings a transformation. And so, in many ways, the preach series that we're looking at here is really just about the 5%. It's just about the bit that we do, but the bit that we do so often triggers God to act in remarkable and wonderful ways that we never expected. So what are the things that God is calling us into? What is it that God has provided for us? So the second thing um, that, that we looked at was gospel words. You know, the gospel that we have is powerful and effective and it is really, really potent. Within the good news about Jesus Christ is life-transforming power. It, it truly is. It is. There is power within it to change and transform the life that is the furthest away from God and bring radical change and transformation. Um, the Apostle Paul said this, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. To the Jew first and then to everyone else. It's the power of God for the salvation. And, and I, I just want to encourage you, I know for myself this is really, really important. I just want to encourage you to be students of the gospel. Mull it over in your mind. Understand it. Allow the Holy Spirit to open it up to you. It is life transforming. It, it, it is powerful in its effect. It, it has the potential to change the hardest heart to Jesus. But then John speaking last week, when he was speaking about the man that had been set free from the demonic power. Some of you will remember that. This is what Jesus said to the man. I love these words because I think I can do this. This is what he said. He says, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and he told people all over the town how much Jesus had done for him. I love it because, you see, you may not have a theology degree. You may not feel that you can answer questions people may have about creation or how the world began or, or why they're suffering in the world or any of those things. But, but what you can do and what I can do is I can go and tell people how much God has done for me. I can just go home and tell people how good God has been for me. 
That's something that I can do. And Natalie, who shared earlier in the year, was just talking about how she um, made a sort of a resolution um, a number of years ago that she was just going to speak boldly and confidently about what Jesus was doing in her life, whether the person in front of her knew Christ or not. So if there was a prophetic word that had come that was shaping her life, well, everyone was going to hear about it. Everyone, whether they know Jesus or not, even if they find it a little bit odd or a little bit weird, I'm still going to tell them because that's what God has done for me and God is doing in my life. And I put that in practice a little bit in January, February, not so much recently. I haven't seen so many different people. But, but in January, just stepping out, being a bit bolder, thinking, no, I'm just going to tell people what Jesus has done for me. I want to encourage us. We have a gospel that is life-transforming. There is not an area um, or a person that is too far away that cannot be reached or impacted by the gospel. And even if we're not confident, even if we're not confident in that, we can share what God has done for us. You can just step out, take a few steps forward um, in that area. It's a little bit like... um, just a little bit like going out and your, your pockets are full of seed. And just you get used to taking it and spreading it on the ground. You don't know if the seed will sprout. You don't know if it's going to land on hard paths or fertile soil. You don't know what's going to happen with it. But just where I am and in what I'm doing, I'm just going to share what God has done for me in the everyday and see what God does with it. See how he makes it grow. See what he does. Not everyone, but some will come to know more about Jesus um, through it. Thirdly, Sam spoke about gospel signs and wonders. We don't just have words, but the opportunity to step out in power. Signs and wonders are about God's kingdom. They're about his rule and reign. It's about that breaking in. That's what that's what we share our faith. That's what we're doing. We are extending the kingdom. We are stepping out. They point to God's Messiah, King Jesus, who gives us authority to bring the kingdom in, to grab people's attention. One of the things that Sarah didn't share on her video, and she shared about how about last February, she had this sort of encounter with God and just started stepping out more boldly. One of the things I wondered if she might talk about is actually on the back of that, she just started praying for people who are sick. So she came across anyone who wasn't very well, she had offered to pray from. That's bold, isn't it? Do you know what's happened since she's done that? More people are getting healed now than they were before. It's really cool. If you, if you ask her, she will just share some stories and some testimonies of what God is doing through her. She, I think she'd say she's not some great woman of faith. She's just a person that's stepping out in obedience. Just stepping out. It says in one... Do, do we believe the Bible? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, I think some people have drifted off. Do we believe the Bible? Yeah. Excellent. Good. I've caught you then. Right. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, the Apostle Paul speaking to a church that was in a right old mess. They weren't nearly as quality as us, okay? The Corinthian church was in a right old state, but this is what he says about them. To another faith by the same spirit, 
to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy. Do you believe God speaks in prophecy? Excellent. What else is in that list? I think there should be a Bible verse to come up there, Laura, if you uh, flick on. Excellent. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy. We find healings and miracles in the same list as prophecy. They're given to us. And any, any one of us can ask. Any one of us can ask for gifts of the Holy Spirit. Step out and use them. What I want to do, because I can, I, can, I, can I can sense a real sense of peace descending in this place. So why don't we stand on our feet and, sh- feet and shake off some of the peace that we are feeling at the moment. And I just want to pray that we will have greater boldness with our words and greater boldness with our actions. Just going to change microphone. Excellent. Brilliant. Greater boldness with our words. So why don't we uh, just raise our, our hands and uh, Lord, I, I want to thank you for a, uh, a potent gospel message that is effective and is life-changing uh, in its power. I want to thank you, Lord, for every single one of us, Lord, where we've got a story from you. Lord, where we can tell what you have done for us. I want to thank you, Lord, in your words you say that you give gifts of healing and the working of miracles just as part of the package that is given to everyday normal Christians. I want to ask you, Holy Spirit, that you'd come and work on us right now. I pray for greater boldness in stepping out. Lord, whether it's a person serving us in the shop, whether it's a neighbour down the street, whether it's a family member, give us greater boldness and give us the words to say. Give us the words that we need, Lord, I pray, when we need them, I ask in your precious name. And I ask you right now, would you distribute in this place gifts of healing and gifts of miracles? Lord, right among us, and I pray for a faith starting to stir to step out, particularly among those that don't know you. Even this week, I pray, gifts of healings, gifts of miracles being distributed among us, I pray, in Jesus' name we ask it. In Jesus' name we ask it. Lord, that they would point to you, that they'd bring glory to your name. Come, Holy Spirit. feel for some of you, you've got those gifts, but you've let them become dormant. It says in Timothy, stir up. Stir up the gifts that are within you. That means there's something you've got to do. You need to step out. I think for others of you, God may put people on your mind right now, like a flat, like a picture of them coming into your head right now. And you know that you need to ask God for an opportunity to tell them about Jesus, to tell them about what God has done for you. Lord, I pray for both boldness and opportunity to step into that, to step into those situations, we pray. Amen. Brilliant. Grab our seats.
could we get a little bit of fresh air in here? Could we have just the fire exit doors opened over there? Just to... Brilliant, that would be great. Excellent. Number four, thing that really stood out to me was this whole subject of gospel welcome. You know, you have been extravagantly welcomed by God. Do you know that? You only just sat down. You cannot be asleep yet. That's real gifting. You've been extravagantly welcomed by God, haven't you? Extravagantly welcomed by him. And because of that, we get to extravagantly welcome other people. We get to extravagantly welcome other people as well. I think one of the things I noticed on the videos that we've watched is how many of them just talk about how people love the person in front of them. They really do just care about people in their lives. And that is the foundation of being missional, is just loving the person in front of you. It's not always easy, and uh, love is often expressed, isn't it, in self-sacrificing, practical ways like making cups of tea for people even if they never make them for you. Like kind words even if they say derogatory things or sarcastic things to you. It's about going out of your way to pick someone out and give them a lift into work. It's about taking time to help someone in the next door neighbour's garden because you know that they're going to struggle and just two hands is better than one. Gospel welcome about just opening up our hearts, opening up our lives. It says in uh, Hebrews 13, verse 1 and 2, Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels by unawares. One of the best ways of expressing a gospel welcome is just through hospitality. Just opening up our homes, letting people come join us, come join the family, come join us in what we're doing. Isn't it amazing that as you entertain strangers, not your best buddies, but as you entertain strangers, you could be entertaining angels. Don't I just... I didn't think I'd ever see that in there. And it's just interesting how the writer to the Hebrews writing to the church there just says, you know, by entertaining strangers, some of you have entertained angels without realising it. Wow. Middle East 2,000 years ago, Hastings and St. Leonard's today, why not? How, how, how do you, how do I open up my life and provide A gospel welcome. There was a a, um, time back in 2015, straight after the Paris shootings, and I've told this story actually before, but not for a a while. And uh, me and some friends of mine were going to France, and we were going on Eurotunnel, and uh, we, we pulled into, you know, like you get each carriage, you shut off, the doors close on the carriages of Eurotunnel, so you drive your car in. And it was eerie, and it was quiet, and there weren't many people around, I think because of the Paris attacks. And we drove on behind a big 4 by 4 
and then the doors closed. Boom. In front and behind. We had, we had shot into the Burger King to grab some burgers before we got on uh, to the train. And uh, so we were sort of eating our way through. And before the train set off, we got out the car and we were stood by the side of the car eating our burgers. And um, then, then a, I don't know, but it was probably either a Syrian or Iraqi family. They jumped out of the four by four in front of us. And to my shame, if I'm honest, I, I felt a little bit uneasy. I felt a bit nervous, if I was honest. And, and it was a big family, and it was a big four by four, and they jumped out of the car, um, and they were chatting, and, and, it, and it was fine. But inside, I was feeling a little bit, bit uneasy. Um, and just as I finished putting the last piece of burger in my mouth, um, they... They, they just started opening these incredible pots of food. I mean, no, no Burger King for them. They, it was amazing. It was like one pot after another after another. And they were tucking in. And then one of, one of the guys, they just looked across and said, do you want to join us? And so me and my two friends, we, we joined them in having this incredible food that, you know, no disrespect to Burger King, but do you know what I mean? They were not competing they offered incredible welcome and hospitality to me and my friends in a way that we did not. And I think there's much that people from other nations can teach us about hospitality, about gospel welcome. And it's interesting how in our hearts there can be all sorts of prejudice, prejudice lurking that we might not even realise is there until it shows itself in certain situations and in certain ways. Church, we must ruthlessly, ruthless? Ruthlessly. You know what I mean. Get rid of it. Kill it. There is no place for it in the people of God. How do you display, how do I display gospel welcome? How do I treat my, I was going to say, how do I treat my Muslim colleague, at, Muslim colleague at work thinking, you'll all be thinking, which one's a Muslim? Because I work for the church, you see. So uh, that would cause, that would. <laughs> but, but, but how do you? How, how do you reach out a welcoming hand? For some of you, how do you offer a welcome and friendship to the gay couple that are living next door? How do you love them really, really, really well? What about the person that just causes trouble in the workplace? They're always gossiping and moaning about other people. How do you extend a gospel welcome to them? We're called to love everyone. We're called to love everyone, even those that are tricky to love. Let me let you in. Let me let you into. Oh, I don't. I can't get my words out now. Into a. Let me let you into a secret. Jesus loved you when you were tricky to love. 
He loved me when I was tricky to love. Number five, gospel family. Jesus gives us this new command to love each other as Christ loved us. He then demonstrated his love by washing the disciples' feet. As we do family together, family all together like this, as we do family in connect groups, as we do family in serving teams, as we do family as we open up our homes, it speaks of the love of God. It it communicates something wonderful, something um, awesome. A community where everyone can love and be loved and experience family. Can I ask a question? Who are you family to? So it's about receiving family, but it's about giving family. Who are you family to? Not, not, not just those that are immediate to you, maybe your spouse if you're married, or your children if you've got them, or your parents if they're nearby, but how do you express family to those a little bit further away, who are here maybe, and, and, and aren't as rich and aren't as blessed as you are with a immediate family, with a biological family, not as rich and blessed as you in that way. How, how can you reach out and express family in other ways to those? Who are you family to? to? And then gospel character number six. The Bible says that as part of our new God-given DNA, we are salt and we are light. It's who we are. It's part of that identity in Matthew 5, 13. It says, you are salt of the earth. And then it goes on and says, you are light of the world. We are called, wonderfully called, to bring an alternative flavour into the world, to illuminate the darkness. It's who we are, but it needs working out. We need to deliberately step into it as well. It doesn't happen in passivity, but as we keep in step with the Holy Spirit, he produces salt and light in us as we step out. Imagine going home and you're cooking up your dinner and you chuck a whole load of soup. soup. Oh, come on, Paul. Pull yourself together. You, you chuck, chuck a whole I've got to do this twice more yet. I mean, pray for them. I mean, they're not going to get any sense. Imagine you go home and you've got your pot of stew and you chuck in salt into it and you're sat there, you're eating the stew, but it there's no, it doesn't taste salty. There is no salt. There is no flavour in it. The salt isn't good for anything, is it? What do you do? You throw it away. You go to Tesco's or your, ever, or your other chosen supermarket. And you go and buy more salt because it's not salty. Or you, you, you have a power cut at home. And you turn your torch on because you need it. But it doesn't work. Well, what's the good of a torch that doesn't work? So you throw it out. And you buy a torch that does work. So it illuminates the darkness. We are salt of the world to bring flavour. We are the light of the world to bring illumination. The, the, the message that we have is built on the credibility of our lives and on our characters. Would you, would you listen to what I have to say if as soon as your back is turned, I'm gossiping and talking badly about you? Would you, would you listen to what I say if actually I react the same as everyone else? But if I love different, act different, am generous with my words, 
and with my actions. It adds strength to the message. It adds strength to the words that I use. Not just a message that we declare, but a life that we live that counts. And then lastly, um, I just felt prompted I wanted to bring this in at the end. Consistently, two things that the Apostle Paul looks at for the churches that he serves in. If you read his letters to the churches, the Apostle Paul, you'll find often in the first chapter these two qualities, time and time and time again, that the Apostle Paul is looking for. He's looking for faith and he's looking for love. In Galatians 5 verse 6 it says this, For those in Christ, the only thing that counts is faith working through love. Faith in the Father's plan. Faith in Christ's redeeming work on the cross. Faith in the Holy, power, Holy Spirit's empowering presence. Faith in the power of the gospel to transform lives. But working its way out in loving the person in front of you. Expressing it in hospitality. Expressing it in time and attention. Expressing it in family. Loving those who are different from me, who I may have prejudice in my heart towards. Loving everyone. It's what we're called to do. Faith expressing itself in love. And as we finish this series, that is my prayer for us, is as a community we will be bold in our faith. We will step out. We will take risks for God and yet we will allow that faith to flow through a loving the person that is in front of us. Um, if it's alright, I'd just love to finish by praying for us. So you sort of know the form, I've asked you to do it twice before. Would you be alright just to stand again? And uh... If you feel comfortable too, why don't you, um, why don't you raise your hands? Holy Spirit, I thank you so much you're here. Thank you, Lord, when your children gather together corporately like this, you, you dwell in our midst. That's what marks us out from every other people on the face of the planet, Lord God, that your church, your gathered people is full of your presence. Lord, I, I just want to ask you right now for a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord God, that you will stir faith within us to do greater exploits for you over the coming months than we've, we've done over the past few years. I pray greater exploits, greater boldness in stepping out, whether it's praying for the sick, whether it's speaking about you, whether it's acts of kindness, I pray greater, greater boldness, greater acts. Lord, I pray for more fruitfulness. And I pray, Lord God, for a, 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 your love to flow out from our hearts. 
Lord, I pray, Lord God, that your love would flow from us into the most unexpected places. People that don't know you, people that are a million miles from you, Lord, will experience something of you because they experience something of our love for them. Lord, I ask you, Lord God, that in no way would we be caught in any form of passivity or, or just letting it uh, sort of life trickle on. Lord, I pray we'd step out in boldness knowing, Lord God, that as we bring our 5%, Lord God, you back it up with your 95%. With your power and your grace and your mercy and your love and your compassion and your life-transforming impact of the gospel into people's lives. Oh God, would you bring it about? Lord, we're looking to you as expectant children. We say, oh God, give it to us. Give us your love. Stir our faith again. Fill us with your power, Lord God, that we can make a difference to the communities around us, that we can share something of your love. Lord, I pray that we'd be people that would fight for those that do not know you. I pray we'd be those that fight for those that do not know you. I ask for that in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Just going to hand over to Sam who will finish up.